The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are James Little and Graham Ross. Hi, guys. Hi, Kat. I feel like it's been an ice age since we've last met and talked 49er football. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> th- that off-season is so long. Yeah, it's been a very long time. It's flew by this year, funny enough. I can't think why. I think there's been other things going on. I think that may have distracted me from the football off-season. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long time anyway. Well, Andy Mitchell wants to know, has everyone gotten over February yet? No. Have you guys finished your grieving process and and ready to move on to the new season or are you still grappling with it (laughs) go on Graham you can talk about it it happened we move on it's a new season it's that simple I've not um what I can remember of of that game is not very much because I think mainly thanks to a certain brummy filling me with a load of drinks (laughs) and the meetup in Liverpool which is probably just as well because um and I have no intent of going back and revisiting that game. We move on. Agree. But we, Agree wholeheartedly. We move on. We move on. Well, Andy also wants to know, do you think the team's moved on too? Yes. Definitely. My new hashtag on Twitter is Revenge Tour 2020. <laughs> and I've seen the clip of George Kittle on the sidelines. I thought, I, I, and I'll rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And you can just see the determination in that man's face. So I believe he'll be back there. Whether it's this season... Remains to be seen. I'm sure we'll discuss it, but yeah, that man, that man will get a ring. I'm pretty sure of it. And he's just signed a new contract with our team, so I, I'd like to think it'll be with us. Well, we yeah, he got a five-year contract extension. Are we excited about oh, that? 100 percent earned. Uh, best tight end in the league. Uh, probably our most popular and best player. Uh, face of the franchise is a tight end. Could you argue? I, I know we've got a very handsome quarterback as I'm sure you'll yes, yeah I'm sure you'll uh, agree with that <laughs> but uh, you know I, I personally feel that George Kittle for me is the face of our franchise at the minute just signed a new deal he's the best player of his position in the league uh, some people question it I, I do not um, so yeah very excited uh, I, I just I just love George so much <laughs> he's brilliant no he's brilliant I'm sorry Graham what are your thoughts on the contract I was oh, just glad it got done he it, it, it was such a key piece that that needed, needed to be brought back and um, yeah I was I was I'll be honest with you, I was worried that it, you know there was like it's not going great. There's always these great big differences. They're not they're not close at all. And you know then we got our hopes up. You know we got leaked news and then which Kittle then shot down in flames immediately straight away. That was you know, great. Like, and the, and then two days later he goes away and signs it. So he was he, he was teasing us as well. Of course. He loves a bit of fun, does of George. Course. He loves a bit of fun. Yep. <laughs> well, he is a bit of a goofball, and we love him for that. I personally am so relieved. I was with you, Graham, all the way. It was the roller coaster ride from heck, and all I could think is they cannot let him get away because they will lose so much respect from the fan base. You know, he is one of the most well loved people in the Bay Area. And being an Oakland A's fan, I know that's MLB, but 
I have watched Billy Bean get rid of all the popular players, and he is not a very popular man around the Bay Area. So if they had not sealed this deal with George Kittle, I have a feeling that uh, people would have been coming, fans would have been coming for Lynch's head. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been like the old, and I'm about to swear here, and I apologise in advance, but it would have it would have turned into the old bulky days, wouldn't it? And uh, <laughs> I don't know whether that guy lives near the Bay or anything, but I can't imagine that. He would, you know, he had a pleasant time around the Bay Area, did he? So, and I don't, I wouldn't like to have seen that with John Lynch because I do think he's really him and Shanahan have. I mean, they've both signed contracts. For some bizarre reason they don't fancy Lynch a, a, a year. It's a bit weird that was with Shanahan and Lynch's contract being a year apart, but just pivotal. It's a business. He might have said that he he wants to retire. <laughs> you don't know, but yeah, it's pivotal. The, all those three contracts I've just mentioned there, you know, Kittle, Shanahan, Lynch did so well last year. We just got to carry on, and I'm sure we'll discuss more with the roster and everything. But uh, yeah, just brilliant. We're, we're on track. We were, you know, brick by brick. All of a sudden, we threw up two, nearly nearly a full house last year. But you know, we've, <laughs> we're there. We're going in the right direction still, and we continue to, which is good. So let's move on. It's it's training camp. We're in the middle of training camp. We're two weeks from the first game, roughly-ish. What have we seen out of training camp so far? I do have some questions regarding training camp that I will ask later. I'll tell you what I just noticed uh, just before we, we start recording. Um, I saw a tweet from David Lombardi, uh, which he sent to, tonight. And let me let me just read this to you and see what you think. Most entertaining, dramatic 49ers practice I've watched. The offense was exceptionally sharp to begin, but then the defense struck back. 99-yard pick six for Richard Sermon. Cyprian got an interception. Mostart and Fred Warner started fighting. <laughs> um, Pettis TD. Born TD. Action, action, action. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kicking off, and it's I think it's I think that's just great. I think there is iron sharpening iron. As the saying goes, um, and the there is strengths across both sides of the ball, and I think I think we'll be ready. I do. I really think that. I, yeah, again, I'm sure we'll discuss it with every you know COVID, but I don't think these guys have let anything. It, it, I watched the Brick by Brick documentary on the website today, and I urge everyone to go watch that. It's basically a Forty Niners hard knocks. It's fantastic the work they do with it. And the soft knocks. Soft knocks. Hey, I like that. <laughs> soft knocks. Um, but the guy who's, I forget the gentleman's name, but the guy who's been tasked with all this, you know, rearrangement of everything, he said the biggest compliment that he's had is that uh, some of the players have just said to him, it feels like a normal practice, which from what I'm hearing coming out of practice, if that's normal, then when these guys get on, get on the field against opposing teams, it's going to be frightening. Did you just say that uh, Dante Pettis scored a touchdown in... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, we'll go on to that. There we go. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson, actually, from from, from the, what we're hearing about Pettis. I mean, like the last game that that we had, he didn't, he wasn't even suited up, you know, and he and he's responded in completely the right way. And I think part of that is because of the team that's around him. Not only because he knows that if he doesn't perform, he's out, you, you know. But I think he's also, I think it's a good, it's a good message to you know to the team that you know. You perform, you do well, you know, you, you, that's what you need to do day in, day out. 
yeah, he's he's been given a second. He's been given a lifeline, hasn't he? I was listening to Mayoko, Matt Mayoko, and uh, he said that him and Shanahan butted heads a little bit last year, but something's just clicked all of a sudden. Which, I mean, <laughs> if he goes on to have a productive season, I don't know what you you would say with Deontay Pettis, con- considering what he did last year or didn't do last year. It could be the ultimate from in the dark to the shining light story. And with Sanders going to the uh, to New Orleans Saints, there is that, there's a roster spot there for him. He's a second round pick. You know, they must have seen something when they selected this guy and he may have had issues, but it seems like those issues are behind him. And I'm just hearing, I'm hearing things about him on, uh, you know, on the training field or training camp. And I'm just thinking, it doesn't sound right. Like, he was just completely, like, apparent, like, just, didn't have just didn't have it last year so I'm looking forward to it I really am I'm really looking I really like that to happen for him and um, when we signed him when we drafted him as a rookie I I liked a lot of the things he was putting out there and things he was saying but obviously he had a really bad year last year so looking forward to Pettis but I know that's a question cat and I'm jumping the gun so well I I was actually just going to ask it uh Steve Panda Richardson can Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis step up this season since we're talking about Pettis, I know what I read was that Pettis had taken Coach Shanahan's criticism a little too much to heart, took it yeah. a little on the yeah. personal side, instead of looking at it from the business side of the game, you yeah. know. And so that change in his thinking is really going to help him this season, I think. And I think, yeah, I think we're going to see him and Kendrick Bourne step up big time. Yeah. What do you guys think about Kendrick Bourne? He's very good at um, at social media, isn't he? It was particularly on the off season. <laughs> He's a hype man. Um, He's a hype man. Yeah, but uh, it shows the amount of effort that the, that these guys do actually put in, and I think they both will step up. And I'm going to throw another person in, into the mix, and he's kind of been a little bit of a forgotten man in the receiver core because he's been injured for the last two years. And that's Trent Taylor. Kittle has been raving about him, about how well he's actually doing this year in, in camp. So, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully. But it's training camp. It means nout at, at this point of time. You know, it's one thing that we, you know, that everything gets... At this time of year, there seems to be a lot of hype coming out of 32 teams. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really good. Everything's all good, but it means absolutely nothing until we start playing a game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, agree. Uh, KB, Kendrick Board, like I said earlier, like you say, he does social media. He's a hype man, but he's uh, he, he not lasted a year before or one of the years we weren't the team we are now. He was our leading receiver, wasn't he? And he's, you know, he's been around the place. He's been there through... The, the rough times and he's also was there last season through the good times so uh, I really like Kendrick Bourne I feel like he's very much a he's a niner player he has been for a while and I think Sand I was gutted about Emmanuel I, was, I didn't understand it's a business whatever but uh, I was gutted about him but let's hope these other guys step up and they've got to at the end of the day they've got to because the defence carried us through a lot of last season can they do it again this season and I mean I think they're good enough but it'd be nice if they didn't have to well, let's stick to the offensive side of the ball. Rich from the Long Snapper Podcast. Hey, Rich, when you coming on the show? He asked via Twitter, who will have more importance this season? Bourne, Ayuk, Jet, or Mostert? Oh, I'll let Graham go with that one first. I actually think it will be, if provided he stays fit, it will be Jet. I think if, if we can get 16 games out of him, or how many games we can play out of him, I think he'll be 
he'll demonstrate why Shanahan brought him to this team and the multi-functional part of that options that he'll get that he'll give the offense I think that would be quite a that'll be quite a very key piece in the offense going forward even though he hasn't played in two years yes yes he yeah yeah it's the I have to play devil's advocate come on no you do you do <laughs> not before I was about to talk as well no he's He's the he's the Shanahan Swiss Army knife, isn't he? Let's not forget, I mean, I know it's not part of the question, but, you know, he has got his other Swiss Army knife, Coleman, you know, he's worked with before. But if Jet is what Kyle, and he's still he's still there, I mean, I know the guy's been injured for two years, but and I don't know the contract in and out, but if they believe that this guy's come back from two years out of the game, and he can still do what he wants him to do. And I'm hearing positive things about him. Uh, I think Jimmy heard a question was asked to Jimmy. And he said that Jets uh, runs out the backfield like nothing he's seen before. Well, you know, that's the kind of thing that we'll be expecting from him. So I think I agree with Graham Jet. I mean, Ayuk, he's a rookie. Um, you don't, don't want to put any pressure on a rookie born. Uh, you know, is he going to have enough to be our number one receiver? Is anyone going to be our number one receiver because of how well the scheme utilises everyone? Well, going into the season, um, or, you know, where after Sanders was not re-signed and, um, and so he ended up at the Saints, you know, that, that number one spot not automatically falls back on Debo based on purely what he did what he did last year. I was gutted to find out that he got injured. Um, and, you know, there's a chance that he's, and he's got one of those foot injuries that doesn't always heal very, very, very well. But, you know, so I would have said, he, if we had a full complement healthy receiver core of what we've got, Samuel would be our number one receiver. Um, however, it's wide open and somebody's going to have to step up and somebody will step up. Nathaniel, I'm making that the answer to your question, so I'm not answering your question. I'm not going to call out your question. <laughs> so uh, let's we're going to kind of transition, okay, because I want to go to defense as well, but Simon provided the best transition question for this. Has anyone seen the practice drills between Trent Williams and Nick Bosa? Yeah, many, many times. I haven't times. seen them. I, you haven't seen the videos. I, I, I haven't. I haven't seen the videos. No, I want to. Oh. Um, but I. I no. I have. I've not seen them yet. There's. There's a lot on Twitter. There's a lot of like <laughs> six second clips. But you know, because obviously we're training camp. There's a lot of official footage as well. But they're not gonna. They're not gonna record those guys for a long time because you know you, you're giving away secrets. And Shanahan has been open, more open in previous years with the cameras and things at training camp. But I know for a fact that this year, due to there being no pre-season games, he has been a little bit more cagey on what's got out there. So mainly the thing with Trent and Nick is from people like Matt Mayoko and uh, Cam Inman, I think it is, that, you know, their reports on it. But I have seen the odd thing obviously slips through with social media. And all I can say is they look like they're having fun. And the signing of Trent Williams having lost Joe... Uh, which I'm still sad about, but I think, you know, he deserved a ring more than anyone in my time of supporting this team. But um, in signing Trent Williams, like, it's a stroke of genius. It really is. It's like, oh, my God, we've lost, you know, I started, we've lost the bloke who's been on our offensive line for so many years. How are we going to replace him? Well, I'll tell you how we're going to replace him. We're going to replace him by the best player in that position in the league who... 
you know, apparently he still is. And from what I've seen and reading, he, you know, Jimmy's not going to have to worry about that side yet again. What a lucky quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Take care of our boy. Just when you're talking about replacements in in, in the season, in, in the off season, just generally, what do you both think of, like, the players that we lost? So we, so, so we lost Daly. We replaced him with Trent Williams. Um, we lost um, Buckner. And we replaced him with the with with with, with Kinlaw in the draft, and we've lost Sanders, and we replaced him with um, Ayuk in the draft. What do we? How do? What do you guys think of of, of the, the the ins and outs there? They've done the the front office has done their job. We've lost important players at those positions and replaced them with important players. I mean, I'm not, I don't know Trent Williams and Joe Staley statistically side by side, but I know that when Trent Williams has been playing in the league, he didn't play last year, did he? He's been top five player in that position, if not the top player. Ayuk, I mean, it's a rookie with an experienced veteran. You can't really compare them, but I know positionally we've replaced a wide receiver with a wide receiver. And same with Buckner and Kinlaw. You know, we can't expect Kinlaw to have the production that Buckner did. And I think Buckner's still going to be a force to be reckoned with in this league with his new team. And I wish him all the well. Again, we state it so many times. It's a business. We couldn't keep him. It was him or Armstead, I think. I don't know with the precise numbers, what it boiled down to. But the long, most short answer to that, Graham, is they had holes and they filled them, uh, which is perfect, which is what, you know, it's what John Lynch is supposed to do and that's what he's done. And I think he's done a damn good job at it. I mean, A, will be, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah. I think it's really, you need to look at it in terms of succession planning as well. I mean, um, bringing in Williams to replace Daly was a stroke of genius, obviously, because we're already seeing how well he can perform and protect Jimmy. In training camp, Ayuk and Kinlaw appear to be well-suited for our team. Granted, we need to see it, but there's a lot of good talk about the two of them coming out of camp right now from Jimmy, from Sherm, from, you know, people that we respect their opinion of. And, you know, so I've been seeing it all over Twitter, you know, and I, I am really, I, I hate to get my hopes up this high, but I am really excited to see what Kinlaw can do on the defense. I really am. I think they're going to continue to be physical and they're going to continue to be, you know, to, 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 to push the, the limits and, I'm oh I can't wait I'm just dying here. <laughs> In terms of ready to placement, I think Kinlaw is more ready to replace Buckner than um, Ayuk is to replace Sanders, and that's purely just through because of the veteran element of it. And I think mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. think with that line with it being stacked, another big guy with that dominant force and the good you know the um, the good rep they had coming out out of the draft. Um, the fact that Vaughn Miller was so upset that he did the Bronco that we got him. I remember that. I think that's that says a lot to me that you know he, he's he's going to be a good guy. This guy. And I have high hopes for Ayuk as well. I mean, just looking at the film of him in college, it, you know, he looks like he'd be the perfect replacement. But again, time will tell. We'll know in about two weeks, right? It was Shanahan's selection, wasn't he? I mean, I think on the the first day I read, again, it's only media report, but I read that he's been told by Kyle on the first day of training camp that it, he was who he wanted. That he was, regardless, the, I mean, there was, what, Henry Ruggs and there was other people on the board, a higher, you could say higher rated uh, people we could have drafted, but Kyle was like, no, I want Ayuk. And he, and he got his guy, which as a fan is brilliant to hear because it means 
that he's obviously watched this guy and knows what to do with him. And we know what he can do with players. We've seen it. So, yeah, it's exciting. It really is. And if you have a second, go go check out 49ers.com. They have got some of the best photos from training camp. Little video clips. I mean, it's it's been fun to watch, you know. Last question. Well, actually, I have two more questions. Uh, James Waters wants to know, even though 2020 has been a bit of a butthole year, that's putting it mildly, can and will the 49ers win the Super Bowl in February in Tampa Bay? Can they? Yes. On you go, James. <laughs> will they? I don't know. I think they can. Yeah. Will they? Will they? Will they? Will they? Will they? Will they? Yeah. No. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, they can. They can, and I'll leave it at that. I don't know if they will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think with this year, there's... With, it, with, with everything's going on, the fact that there's no pre preseason games... It's it's going to be, and it's everything's that just that little bit different, and uh, you know every team that I've heard on um, have said it. The team that adapts the best and quickest will be will be at there at the end, and I think it, there's there's going to be a chunk of that as well as you know the the, the strength and depth of the, of the roster. So, um, yeah, the, can they? Yes, they can. With as I said earlier, they're stacked across. Um, a, a, a lot of positions. Um, will they? At this point, it's, it's too hard to it's too hard to say that. But I might have a wee flutter though. Yeah, it, I think. Look, it's it's the variable. It's the unpredictable variables. If this was a normal season, in a normal world, and everything was normal, it was normal training camp. We'd had pre-season. Then I would be very confident to say, yeah, this team will definitely be back at the Super Bowl. But it's the uncontrollable variables. It's, it's you know, God forbid, one of our marquee players test positive. What happens then? How many weeks does he miss? And, you know, it's, it's the same for all of the league and it's the same for all of the world, isn't it? It's all of us as well. It's not just mm -hmm. as professional athletes. But that's why I will not say we will win the Super Bowl. Will there be a Super Bowl is the other thing. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, James. But, yeah, this team is more than capable of getting back and winning that more than capable well i think if we go if if the season goes on and I'll, I'll get into that more later but if the season does continue and we have a full season and we get to the playoffs and we get to the super bowl i fully expect the 49ers to win i have i think that they have absolutely dissected the last seven and a half minutes of the previous super bowl and know what they did wrong know where they failed and refuse to allow that to happen again. I, I just, I, that's the sense I get just when they're talking about the, the Super Bowl. I think if the season was shortened as well, I think, you know, if, again, unpredictable variables, but if we ended it with a shorter season, I think that would play into our favour. Our defence would be fresher, our offence would be fresher, <laughs> you know. I'll tell you what, I'll, t I'll take an 8 10 game season. You know, and a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Can we talk about the ongoing bromance between George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I, I want thought, the I thought you were going to see the bromance between Kittle and James. 
Uh, I want the, <laughs> the t-shirt. I, I've got to have someone, haven't I? And then, and to be honest, t-shirtception. I'm waiting for the next one. <laughs> he's uh, he's just he's just signed a five-year contract. Let's, and George really doesn't seem the type to do something stupid off the field. So yeah, George is my boy now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it's brilliant to see, isn't it? Like I was saying earlier, that for me, Kittle has become the face of the franchise, which I think is a positive thing. Cause it takes a little bit of pressure off Garoppolo, who beyond me gets absolutely slated for me he done really well last year and yeah and people are oh but you know he threw he hardly threw in the lead in the playoffs because he didn't have to that's not his fault it's because we were running the ball down the opponent's neck and we were winning we were scoring it's like you can't have a go at the guy for that so i think he out of any player in the league Jimmy Garoppolo gets bashed from, I mean, it might be biased because it's my team and I, you know, I see it more perhaps, but he gets bashed more than any other quarterback in the league, I think. Um, and it's, I think the having Kittle is, is only good for Garoppolo and their relationship is brilliant. <laughs> it's just good to see, isn't it? It's really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had that kind of chemistry between a quarterback and a tight end. The last one I can think of is Steve Young and Brent Jones. I was going to see. I was going to go back further. I was going to see Montana and Ross Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Another good pairing. <laughs> so, unfortunately, even though we are in our training camp, you know things get a little rough. It's a physical game. We've got some injuries going on. Ayuk has a mild hamstring strain. Doesn't look like it's anything serious. Bosa has a muscle strain. He's getting an MRI today. Uh, Ford has calf irritation. Are these things that we're going to be concerned about going into the uh, opening day in the next couple of weeks or opening game? Well, Bosa and Ford were always picking up niggles all through last season, so that doesn't surprise me. It's part of the game, isn't it? It's, everybody knows it's just part of the game. It's They are what they are. Um... And it's meant next man up. It's just it's, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I think with with Bosa, I saw Shanahan's interview, and he said that they've been they've been giving Bosa veteran days. Now it's his second season, and normally the veteran guys, <laughs> obviously, they get the days off. But you know, he's obviously such a, an important part of our team, and they're not worried about his footballing ability. I mean, I, he could probably have between now and week, you know, the game one off and still go out there and perform of absolutely no you know no question of that yeah it's part of the game like graham said it's next man up and thankfully we are now we have the strength in depth if that is the case i'm not worried at all i mean you were saying earlier about kindle and i there's a guy there in our on our defense who i think i'm expecting big things of and who's going to have a good season that's uh dj jones so that'll take pressure off kindle i know they're slightly different in terms of the snaps that they'll take and run blocking and stuff. But yeah, so it's next man up is the short answer. Are we concerned that they don't have any preseason games to get into game day shape? I was thinking about this and normally in, in, in my mind is um, even the normal preseason, this, for me the season doesn't really settle down properly till, till after week four. It, for me it takes about three or four games to get everybody up, up to speed because I mean, I mean, through the preseason, the starters and the, who are playing most of the time during the games aren't playing. I mean, like, what did they play? Like, what, like one series in the first game, if that, um, they might play all the second half, 
then they might get the first uh, one quarter. Uh, so that's so it's not even so it's not even one full game. So it might just take a little bit longer to, to you know to, to settle in uh, and see the the normal and the expected level performance and go away with the silly you know and the silly mistakes because at the end of the day in a football game that's what's going to happen a lot especially earlier on without the without the game reps I think and that is the um, you know the silly penalties. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to have the return of the city penalties. I had enough of that, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we complained about that enough over the last six seasons, haven't we? <laughs> I think honestly think you watch week one, there is going to be a lot of silly penalties, false starts and things like that. You know, there is going to be that, but Graham just hit the nail on the head. The starters don't really play in preseason very much. So the people it's going to affect the most is the rookies. It's going to be the guys on the bubble that it's really going to affect because it's it's the preseason games really are used for, in my opinion, to scout the rest of the, the squad before making the final cuts to the 53-man roster. Yes, exactly. So those kids are the ones that are, that are going to be the ones suffering because they won't get that exposure, that game exposure before either being cut or moved to the practice squad or, you know, whatever may happen. Yeah, it's like it's like some of those guys on the bubble. I mean, like, they, they made a perfect thing on, on the last episode of Hard Knocks, didn't they, about Austin Eckler in San Diego. He made a few runs against the 49ers in the preseason game. He, he, he made the team. Then over throughout that time, he becomes the starter. And now, two years down the line, he's got a multi-million dollar contract. So he, those opportunities for those... And and if he didn't have the, that opportunity, they said that at the time. You know, the, even the coaches said that. Well, you wouldn't have, if, you, if you didn't play in that game, that preseason game, you would have been down the road, mate. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, but it's like that for everybody. We've got an example of that ourselves. With uh, Brider, Matt Brider, he made a bit of an impression in pre-season, and I mean, now he's no longer with the team, but you know, he was he was an important part of our team for a period of time, and he was is and was for us a hell of a running back. So there's a lot of examples like that. I I do feel sorry for the guys just entering the league. It, it's gonna be so you know so tough for them. Um, but yeah, Hard Knocks does a. I, I really enjoy Hard Knocks. It does a, a great uh, impression, or you know, whatever the word may be, to show that. Well, let's move on to what's going on currently in the world that will, I think, in my opinion, affect the NFL, and that's the NFL in the time of COVID. We are living in unprecedented times where we have basically the plague upon us, and not to be too political, but. To be honest, the U.S. has not responded appropriately to this pandemic. And as a result, for the 49ers, for sure, they have announced that there will be no fans allowed at games the beginning of this season. I think that's to be expected. I think that, and, to, and, and from from my point of view, I think that's I think that's the the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, but what I don't like, I think it should be. Because I think it's done by team by team, state by state. They've all got different rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I think it should just be none across the league. Every every should be every team should be the same. And that is the reason there are differences is because each state is responsible for making their own rules around the health advisory around this pandemic, and a lot of states aren't really concerned about it 
I guess is the best way to put it. And then there are states like California where we took a hard stance as soon as we could. And then as soon as we opened back up, it came back with, you know, a vengeance. I think the league needs to make a stance on it, though, because, like you say, without going into your politics over there, with the different states, it will have effect on other teams. If a team travels from one state to another state and they haven't allowed fans in, but the other state has allowed fans in and something, you know, that team from there goes to there and they catch it due to how that, it, it's going to, it would be, you know, and you start, it's money as well. There's a lot of money involved in this sport. The thing is, so, the, the, the one thing that you I would say is, I mean, if you take it back to purely the football element of it and what, and what happens on the field and, and the players and the coaches that are on the field, and again, if you fair, it's quite you know it's quite obvious in in the brick by brick and 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 the the hard knocks that you see. There's you know they're they're doing the right things within the within what they can in the environment that they can control, and uh, which is good. And I think that's what is expected, and that's what should be done. And there's and and that should be maintained. And and particularly then when you're travelling as a team, you you know you can you can create your bubbles as a team. The issue then for me comes with the, with that group of uh, that population of players, is that okay? That's fine within that environment. It's what when they do outside of that environment that will require every single one of them to, you know, act sensibly. And let's be honest, NFL players haven't got a good rep for doing that. <laughs> okay, let's be even more honest. Americans do not have a good rep for doing that. No comment. No comment. I speak the truth, and you know it. Some of us are very good about it because we are worried about our health and our community and, and people around us and in our bubble. But yeah, I, I am seeing reports that a number of teams are talking about having 25% of their fans allowed in, or 25% of their stands uh, filled for games. And I've seen, you know, as high as 50%. My concern with this is. You know, great, these teams are in a bubble and they're, you know, keeping within their little bubble and, and that's great. But then now we're going to start combining bubbles. You know, we're going to go, we're going to go to Arizona and meet the Cardinals and play against the Cardinals. And this is a, this is a virus that's passed by bodily fluids. Okay, sweat is a bodily fluid. So you're, I, you cannot convince me that it could not be passed that way either. So now we're going to be combining these bubbles and we're going to combine them eight different times or more, 10, 12, whatever it is. I just, this this game to me is, is the game that is probably the least safe in this COVID environment to be playing right now. Uh, if, you, if you maintain the testing and you do, and you manage the players and the coaches in that bubble correctly, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of testing, but it's doable, you know. And, and, and obviously, as soon as you get tested, yeah, you, you get a positive result. Then, you know, then you're out for forever long. You take, and then everybody else needs to around you needs to be have be be retested again. There's all sorts of stuff that you, I think it's a manageable thing with with that population in that environment. It's when you take those, you know, not so much not about, about the the fans attend attending games, but it's when those players are not in that environment that I'm more concerned about. 
um, and they are, you know, they need to go out and they need to let off steam and, you know, they go to a busy area and, and then, and therefore that's the risk and that's the, that's the likelihood where it can be brought back into that bubble. Well, I mean, it could be transmitted both ways, you know, it, it could be one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's weird it's just a I mean like the world has changed since you know since february you know i mean like this wasn't you know um since, since all, all, all this kicked off and it's whoever adapts and it and it will be what will be you know at the end of the day <laughs> hopefully we'll get a full season hopefully we'll get we'll get we'll get all all the way through um, Gosh, i, I so. agree that there's a there's a lot of risk associated with that statement well, and if things start to settle down, which in some states like California, it, COVID is definitely starting to, I don't want to say taper off because we still have new cases and we still have a lot of active cases, but it feels like it's leveling a little bit. Of course, California is also on fire, so that's been dominating the news. But once things level off and, and get better and we can start doing more, you know, we've got a couple counties in the Bay Area that have gone back to you can go to restaurants if there's outdoor seating, which they had done that a couple months ago and then had to close it all back down. Well, now we're back to it. Hopefully it's fine and we keep moving forward, but we keep opening up these little pieces. Then the Niners are going to allow limited fans to join the game you know to, to come to the game but it'll be a, you know again a small percentage and season ticket holders who have applied their payments for this year to next season are going to be the ones that get the priority purchase of those single game tickets so there is already that forethought that this is going to eventually no longer be our normal and we'll be able to get back to having fans in the stands we just have to see how it goes That's, yeah, yeah. What, what, what else can we do exactly yeah, it's out with our control, so. Yeah. <laughs> All we can control is ourselves and our responses and be responsible. And may I just say that the opinions expressed by this woman are mine and mine alone and are not reflective of the Niner Empire Great Britain. There we go. <laughs> oh, no. So what do you guys think? Do you think we will have a full season or do you, are you still in, I mean, it sounds like, Graham, you're in wait and see mode. I certainly hope we do. I want to. I mean, I, 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 I just love this game. So I, I, I want it to happen like uh, a lot of others. And I hope it does. And hopefully it will. I think the main thing to take from that that I agree with is just hope. <laughs> That's all we can do. That's all we can <laughs> yeah. do is, is just hope that everything that is being done is being done correctly and as, you know, as much as can be done is being done. But yeah, I'm just with Graham, like, you know, there's a lot of people just say, you know, scrap it, let's just go to next year. God, I don't think I could wait that long. No, I agree with you. I, I, oh, it's been a long off season and being an emergency worker in my county, this football is something I'm desperately in need of. I need the distraction. It's an escape, you know? isn't it, from reality? It's an yeah, escape from reality I can't, I can't do anything. It's not like I can go out and go to a movie or I can go to the beach or I can go, you know, I can go do this, I can go do that. There are certain things I can do, but not a whole lot. Not that I'm much of a goer and doer anyway, but, you know, the one thing I always counted on was in the summer I had Major League Baseball and in the fall I have football and you know we went half the season with no baseball and now 
there's baseball, but you know, certain teams they they've contracted COVID. They've had to sh- cancel games. You know, games are being canceled every which way. So I don't know. I mean, I am crossing my fingers and my toes because this girl needs her football. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else we want to talk about? We've been yammering for a while now, and what have we missed? Football. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so ready. Well, that just about wraps it up. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils-Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. I promise it won't be six months before our next uh, podcast. I am Kat Victorino. This is Graham Ross and James Little Boys. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye, guys. Goodbye. We will catch you soon. Thanks for listening.